Alrighty. Welcome to Investment Chats, our first ever podcast. Welcome to Investment Chats. It's exciting. Very good to be here. Um, my name is Cody Gordon. I'm a portfolio manager and wealth management advisor at Veris Financial at National Bank Financial. And to me across the table is my brother Chase. Hello, I'm Chase. I'm an investment associate at Veris Financial under the National Bank umbrella. I work alongside uh, Cody Gordon. Uh, so I think we should cheers to start this off. Yeah, no, I think that would uh, definitely be something we should do. <laughs> <laughs> First one. Yeah. Let's, you, have uh, to you have to you celebrate. Have to set, you have yeah. to set the tone, right? Market's closed. Long it, week, so. That's yeah, a long week. I guess you're... You're in the office yeah. on the weekend. You know you're uh, you're working hard. That's the way exactly. it is. But so I thought what we would do today um, is bring up a topic that I think is really relevant in the world today, which is robo advisors and its effects it has on millennials. Okay. Yeah. Because we see the commercials all over the place. We're not going to mention names yeah. about who these specific companies are. Obviously, for we, we, we legality legality reasons. Yeah, we don't want to be um, sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. To put it, to put it directly. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, definitely, definitely don't want to be sued. We've already had that uh, that letter from New York before. So, mm -hmm. what um, what I want to discuss is why are some of these things becoming so popular with millennials today, mm -hmm. and why is it so attractive to them? Yeah. And then from there, once we've kind of gotten three key elements for what that is, kind of take a deeper look into each of those and kind of give dissect a little it. bit of, dissect it, get a little bit more deeper into some kind of issues that arise from there. Yeah. Okay. And so we'll keep it an open discussion. We'll see how it goes. But the first point we should start with is just ease of use. Yeah. Okay. So from... From your perspective, Chase, just ease of use is just... I just think with the millennials being uh, very good with technology, uh, it's like setting up an Instagram account. Um, exactly. And to that, to them, it's it's very normal. It's easy. Um, it's yeah. just... It's, your, it's that do it. It's that your do-it-yourself mentality where it becomes very simplistic for mm -hmm. them to set up especially because money is an emotionally charged offering and yeah. thing to thing to deal with is people become scared sometimes yeah. of talking specifically to individuals going into a bank yeah. and having discussions about their wealth yeah. because one is they don't understand it because and I've said this before is the public school system has kind of failed in yeah. terms of educating our youth mm -hmm. in terms of financial responsibilities and what that looks like yeah um and so it becomes scary for people mm -hmm. to go to banks. And it's, it's a complex um, industry for sure. And the investment realm likes to use a lot of lingo. Um, that is hard to understand, but it's actually very basic. Yeah. Um, no, 100%. In its essence. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, the number one reason why people feel comfortable is they go online just like anything else. They do it at home. They do it at home. You sit in your underpants, and you can sign up for You create whatever. a profile. You create a profile, you sign up for whatever you want, and hey, there you go. We don't have to deal face-to-face -face with somebody, mm -hmm. okay? Ease of use, number one, and apparently some of these taglines are investing on autopilot. 
sounds a little bit scary. What happens when there's a, a, a market correction? Well, uh, we all know what happens. You're on autopilot. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another point we'll touch on. But ease of use, number one, for sure. The other second one is that it is an entrance, I believe, for people to get their foot in the door in terms yeah. of investing. Yeah. Okay. Whether you're doing online brokerage and you're trying to select yeah. your own stocks with apparently <laughs> no principles of yeah. valuation. It, it is a good starting point for uh, retail investors that have never really um, been in the investment realm and wanting to invest for the first time. So it is a, it is a good platform for smaller retail investors wanting to start out yeah, in one, the investment 100%, world. 100%. And you, can't, you can't, can't take that away from them because beforehand, before probably this was available, and this is really big kudos to some of these robo-advisors, is people were scared, like we said before, to even come close to investing. So mm-hmm. they would just sit at banks with their money in their savings account and do nothing with it. Earning base, I know interest rates were way higher back then. We've hit the floor, but we're bouncing back up now. Yeah. Um, but now it's like you're not even keeping up with um, inflation. No. If it's sitting in your savings or checking account. Exactly. So, but they've, they've made it possible for the younger clientele to come in, get their foot in the door and start investing. Yeah. Kudos for them mm-hmm. for making it easy for, for people, especially with millennials and their tech background, being able to kind of grow, not necessarily start from the beginning with technology, but throughout their life cycle, they've been mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, since we're both millennials, yeah, we under, we understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still good with technology because we've, we've grown up with it we yeah. have kind of progressed with it so yeah. it's very good that it's it's, it's it's comfortable for them and i think that's why um it's appealing to them yeah 100 percent. so the last one is um that i think is super beneficial point number three to why robo advisors are so attractive is the lower fees yeah and i don't think most are people you gonna, gonna, are you gonna quote a commercial here there might be a lot of quoting during <laughs> this, but we'll, we'll save the quoting for a little bit later. But um, the lower fees retire X percentage wealthier. You can buy a house because our friend, hey, our friends were with X robo-advisor mm. and they bought a house because of lower fees. Oh, just on lower fees. That's all? That's all they did? Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just lower fees. So um, we'll touch on that. It's, but those, it's, it's funny though how... Uh, they they always attack fees and but they never talk about performance, and when your performance has been stellar, um, you can charge higher fees, especially yeah. when you're um, an active manager. Um, whereas these portfolios and uh, the so-called uh, robo advisors, they're all they're all passive. Yeah, because they're, it's just it becomes index indexation right mm. where you're, you're ETF just, you're buying ETF products so those are the three points why so attractive one ease of use 100% number two entrance to investing which is huge thank you so much for bringing people into the world investing because people do need education they need to be brought up to speed they need things explained to them in layman terms because the more that we promote promote education in terms of investing and finance, the better off our society is going to yep. become. So kudos, kudos to them for that. Yep. And number three, lower fees. Okay, so we're going to jump in num- to num- point number one, and we're just going to dive into the simplicity and ease of use. Okay, we've already kind of had discussions about it, but the simplicity and ease of use, it is very simple for you to open up one, a brokerage account, 
if you want to do your online trading by yourself. Yeah. And two, it's very simple to start what is an investment portfolio if you want to let somebody else do it for you. And by someone else, I mean the machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the thing that comes along with that, and we're not going to touch too much on the online trading platform in terms of selecting your own stocks. That is a the day, whole the day traders. That's okay. That's a whole other podcast. We're not gonna. We're not gonna <laughs> deal. We're not gonna deal with that. Uh, that today. So what we're gonna touch on is more of the investment profiles, and how those are set up. And apparently, the investing on autopilot, the, the um, what they like to say that I'm not. I can't say the word. <laughs> I can't say the specific name. But you know, mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in any shape or form. Setting up a portfolio, it always needs to be documented with a KYC. Yeah. Know your client. Know your client. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that essentially means understanding their needs, their priorities, their constraints, their risk tolerance. Yeah. And and so forth. Yeah. All of those factors that really drive the kind of underlying analysis that needs to be done to subject you to a certain amount of risk. But- through their discovery process, what what is it? What is it like? Fifteen questions they ask. Yeah, so you have 50, you have fifteen questions apparently. That fifteen questions can complete a financial allocation for you. Understand your entire life story within fifteen wow. questions. That's a bit scary because in our industry. There's a rigorous process um, with a financial planner and your advisor, and you go through a discovery process that takes around two hours, and the financial planner really gets to sit down with you and understand your situation and ask you specific questions. And if there's areas that they feel like they need to dive in more, um, they can probe certain questions, whereas I feel like the robo-advisor's online questionnaire, how the hell can they probe? Yeah, no, you can't, you can't really probe into anything because you're hiding behind a computer screen. So you don't really know the client at the end of the day. Yeah, but the thing is, and just we'll keep it really simple, is would you in any shape or form give somebody thousands of dollars to invest by them asking you 15 questions? Probably not. <laughs> based, based on my investment knowledge, no. But as a rookie, yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? But there is way too many factors that need to be taken into account when you are creating a portfolio for anybody, regardless of what life cycle you're in. If you're an early saver and you're 25 to 40 and your main objective is to purchase a house, you have your set of goals, okay? You have as a retiree or a transitional retiree where you're just about to retire, you have a specific set of goals. You have mature retirees who just got past the go-go years of retirement. And now they're, you know what, they've taken down their spending a bit. Every single person has different circumstances that need to be met. 
And that requires different questions, different assumptions. And, and not it, only is it the demographic of certain classes of investors, but it's that individual as well and how they're reacting yeah. to certain things. And I do not believe, and I will go to my deathbed saying that an algorithm of 15 questions has no bearing and should not be able to put you into specific investments yeah. one iota. Yeah. I need to sit across from the table, look that person in the eyes and see what really drives yeah. them. You need, you need a full financial plan done for the individual. And then once the financial plan is complete, then that's when the portfolio proposal is built. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's the essence of In having, order to meet the goal of the financial plan. Yeah. It's, so it's having, it's having that financial plan done, having a savings plan in place, because one of the biggest things, especially that, some of these robo-advisors are promoting is that lower fees will enable you to, in essence, be able to afford a home faster than if you had higher fees. Yeah. I can tell you with 100% certainty that I have clients, I have prospects that I dealt with over the last little bit here. I've had massive communication with millennials. Mm -hmm. Is their number one objective, who, regardless of who you are, is you want to own real estate. You want to be like mommy and daddy or you want to be like grand grandpa who got rich off real estate in Vancouver. It's going to be a little bit harder now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little bit more yeah, challenging. Yeah, yeah. But regardless or not, you have an objective to purchase a house. Mm -hmm. You are not getting there by just saving fees. No. If you if you, you need think, a, if you, you need a saving plan in place. The, uh, yeah, the biggest detriment the biggest detriment to people not achieving their financial goal of purchasing real estate is they were not frugal and they were not saving, nor did they have a plan in place. Okay. Yeah, and if that requires you to eat out less once or twice a month, save a couple hundred bucks, uh, put it into, do like a monthly pad, pre-authorized debit uh, into a savings account or your investment account um, to allow you to save, that's what you got to do. You got to pay yourself first. Exactly. So, Number one, you need a savings plan. There's just no planning involved with with these robo-advisors. And I think it's detrimental, detrimental that you have a consistent plan in place and it's done by a professional that allows you to have a target, a baseline, and a report card for where you need where you need to be in X amount of time. Yeah. That is the number one, even though it's easy to use. The ease of use is a huge pitfall because the complex nature of investing Goes is not simple. It's well beyond 15 questions. Yeah. Well beyond 15 questions. And this essence, and the last thing is investing on autopilot. <clears throat> fuck me. That's not good. Like, fuck me. Like, so so what happens if uh, the economic outlook look, looks a little bit shaky? Um how they can't they can't actively manage their portfolios to make them more defensive how how do they protect them they don't no so there's no there's no and people can have arguments about this and i'm not i'm just we're just laying out opinions we're not giving advice here people can have their their thoughts and their opinion on tactical asset allocation yeah. okay if you believe that it adds value so they're just do. yeah. So they're just relying on the asset allocation that they come up for them with the fifteen questions to protect them um, 
through turbulent market cycles. Exactly, exactly. So it's just the strategic asset allocation is going to handle everything. You buy ETFs based on whatever asset class. So if you need a 30% exposure to Canadian equity, you're going to buy XIU, which yeah. tracks the S&P TSX 60. You're going to buy SPY, which tracks S&P 500. And if you want international exposure, you're going to buy the MSCI yeah. tracking yeah. index. Okay. Yeah. And then for bonds, you'll probably just buy XBB, which is iShares Canadian bond mm-hmm. universe. Maybe they'll spread out your risk a little bit. I haven't seen their portfolio in a bit. I looked at it four years ago. Yeah. Regardless or not, you're structured with ETF products. Yeah. Okay. Very simple. You could do that yourself if you really thought. Go online, search up how to set up an asset allocation, and just go buy those things by yourself without having to pay them the for robo advisor. The robo advisor. I'd fee, love which, to quote them, but um, yeah, the robo advisor fee of X amount of basis points, which is ridiculous. We'll get into that into lower fees. But investing on autopilot can be extremely dangerous, especially at this point in time with the fixed income portfolios. We have rates at basically zero. Mm-hmm. Everybody basically knew that the rates had nowhere else to go but up. Yeah. The Fed, the Fed clearly stated, and central bankers around the world, uh, not in Europe. Said we but were going to be in a low interest rate low, environment. Low interest rate environment for a while, but Canada and U.S. specifically stated that their negative rates were not an option. So if negative rates weren't an option, the only, other, they go? The only other way is up. Yeah. So if you had a portfolio that had an extended duration and... We'll have fixed income chats later, but extended duration basically means your bonds have a longer length of maturity, and thus when interest rates rise, your bond values are going down because you're locked in at a lower a lower rate yep. and a lower interest rate you're getting in terms of coupons and interest payments. Mm-hmm. So that right there, some of their fixed income could have been blown out of the water, right? Because yep. they're not implementing barbell strategies. They're not executing preferred share strategies. All of that is just non-existent there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Hey, that's the kind of price you pay for, for getting into some of these things. Yeah. So those are kind of the drawbacks of simple and easy use. It's um, more of a complex complex system than, than most people think, and it requires professional attention. Mm-hmm. The, the, the price of sound advice cannot be, cannot be underrated. Mm-hmm. Wealth management invokes a degree of soul-searching. If done right, the presentation is personal, the end result is equitable for all parties and it provides you with a roadmap on where to go and it will inevitably help you reach your goals. So the next point that we want to touch on, and I don't think we really need to touch on entrance to investing. That's just more, there's not really much to say to it. Mm -hmm. We already said that kudos to them for kind of bringing everybody on board. Um, But we, we do think it's a good starting point for, um, the small retail investors that are, are new to investing, but for investors with larger amounts of um, assets uh, ranging from a hundred thousand and upwards, we do feel that there is better advice and better investment vehicles um, that will allow you to reach your financial goals. Yeah, no, um, 100%. So we're already at 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Here. So hold on. We're not done yet. <laughs> we got four percent left on the iPad. <clears throat> We're gonna have another drink here. What cheer is it? What cheer is it? I gotta finish this one. I received two phone calls in this podcast. My watch is ringing off the hook. Shit. Should we get Joe Rogan on here or what? Um, no, but I'm gonna need my last sip for this next one. 
Okay. Because this last topic. Oh, yeah. This last topic, I'm going to let you know, fucking rattles me. I have to turn off my TV sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I ask you the question? Go for it. Okay, we've all seen the commercials. Um, invest with us and retire 30% wealthier. Oh, fuck. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to let you take this one on. <laughs> I know this is your favorite. Got to stretch for this one. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, retire up to 30% wealthier with, with X portfolios. So, that's just, they're just saying... That's based on the lower fees. Yes. So I've looked at what most people don't look at is you have to report everything that's going on in terms of what you're posting online and how those numbers are calculated. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you dive into the website in terms of there, it shows you exactly what they're using as the underlying instruments to get you to apparently that 30% difference yeah. over time. And what they're saying is that over a 30-year period, okay, if you have two investments growing simultaneously at the same rate, but one is getting charged 1% less in fees, mm -hmm. then at the end of 30 years, in terms of compounding, you are going to retire 30% wealthier. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's... <clears throat> I, I would hope. I think almost the majority of Canadians have passed Math 12. But um, if you have a compounded rate of return... So you, if you invested in the same ETF product... Um, tracking, say, the Toronto Stock Exchange, and you had a fee of one fee of one percent, and then another fee of two percent. Yeah, it's 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 not even as simple as that. It's 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 more math where it's like you don't even have to relate it to products. You can just say this thing is growing at seven percent. This thing is growing at seven percent, but you're taking off one percent a year. Thus, it's growing at six. Yeah. Thus, the one percent difference over a thirty-year period is thus at end yeah. of thirty years, yeah. it's thirty yeah. percent. Okay, but, but, but if your but if your performance is better than um, peers, then you can charge a higher higher fee, especially for active management. Yeah, and you 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 can, and I think because the whole point of active management is beating um, the benchmark and beating the market. Yeah. So the but getting back getting back to getting back to that realm is just there. That's a, just a very biased agreement that two things that could hypothetically be completely different in terms of their underlyings are performing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So you're making an assumption that apples to apples when it could be apples to oranges. It's a biased representation of what a portfolio could be. And thus, I believe it has no bearing. It has um, no merit. It has, it has no, no merit. Well, it, has, it has merit in the sense that, yeah, sure, if you are in the same thing, then yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's the that's simple math that you are compounding at a smaller rate and thus you're going to retire wealthier. Yes, but you're forgetting that investments are lumpy. Mm -hmm. Things do not all move at once. And if you want to just be the index, be the index. That's fine. We And people can have their thoughts on indexation and how they think that active management doesn't work. I have my, I have my opinions. Yeah. I've seen it work. Yeah. I've seen it work over long decades. Yeah. Back to 1889, just within our U.S. focused growth mandate. Yeah. Okay? So we don't need to have that argument that can be saved for a separate thing. But it's, again, apples to oranges, not relevant. But the other thing that I think is huge is people do not understand this one thing. 
is ETFs, they have fees themselves. Mm -hmm. And sure, they might be small, but they're not taken into account for your fee that you're paying the robo-advisor. And sometimes I've seen Because if you're investing in ETF, you got to pay the, the MER on that ETF. So you're going to underperform the market by that management fee. And then you're also paying a fee for the robo-advisor service. So you're going to underperform the market regardless. Yeah, so regardless, you will underperform. And I've seen some of these robo-advisor fees northwards of 65 beeps for answering 15 questions and then putting you in ETFs. You could do that. 65 beeps, massive. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes huge for a very simplified process yeah. of doing absolutely nothing. So that within itself... On top of the management fees, which sometimes the MERs, um, especially if you're in, if they want to get you into emerging market, okay? Yeah, emerging market, that could sometimes be northwards of 50, 55 beeps. So there it goes, there, you're already at 1.5%. Yeah. You're, sorry, you're at 1.1% mm -hmm. right off the bat. So these are just some drawbacks <laughs> with the lower fee that I don't agree with. Yeah. It's, it's misrepresented, they're, in my they're, they're They're throwing shade on uh, our industry, so... Uh, we just thought we would address some of our concerns. Yeah. And you know what? Where's, you know what? Hey, are you still using mom and dad's advisor? <laughs> well, I, guess, well, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be doing weekly podcasts. So um, stay tuned um, for our next upload. We appreciate your, um, you're following. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Um, and you guys have yourself a wonderful weekend. Okay. Blah. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun.